Welcome to Femtech Focus with Dr. Brittany Barreto, exploring the past, present, and future of women's health and wellness. Welcome to the Femtech Focus podcast, where we have meaningful and provocative conversations with femtech experts. These academics, doctors, and innovators tell us about the past, present, and future of women's health and wellness. In today's episode, I interview Maureen Brown, CEO and co-founder of Mosey Baby. Maureen and her husband were struggling with infertility, and after getting insemination done by their doctor, they realized, why isn't there an at-home insemination kit? The age-old joke of turkey basters was the only thing really thought of as uh, available for at-home insemination, and so Maureen and her husband remortgaged their house and created Mosey Baby, M-O-S-I-E Baby. It is the only at-home syringe specifically designed for insemination. Again, insemination is taking sperm and putting it up into the vagina to facilitate fertility to, to happen. We learned so much about anatomy in this podcast, which y'all know I love that. Um, we learned about the cervix functioning as a gateway to the uterus and what's the difference between cervical insemination and uterine insemination. We also talked a lot about breaking down heteronormative um, paradigms around fertility. So she talks about her at-home insemination kit being used by same-sex couples or solo parents, which I just, I really treasure that. It's so important because this is not a podcast just for straight heterosexual women. This is for all women and for every gender and every sexuality and everybody. Everyone should be concerned about vaginas and breasts and, you know, whatever you were born with or whatever you are now, like this is important information about healthcare system in general. We also talked about product design and how designing something for the vagina and specific manufacturing, you know, tips and tricks is really important for her product to have worked. So really, really cool conversation with Maureen. I know you're going to love it. Enjoy. Hey, Maureen, how are you doing? Hi, I'm doing well. How are you? Good. Where, where are you located? So we are based, our company is based in Austin and so am I. So right now I'm working out of our backyard, um, converted office here and that's where we're based. We're neighbors. I didn't even know how close we were. We're only a few hours away. Yeah, totally. Come visit. Oh my gosh. Awesome. Well, have you always been, well, I just want to get in your background. I just want to know, like, have you always been in Austin? Are you at Austin transplant? Like, so tell us our listeners about your background. Sure. So I am indeed an Austin invader, but I've been here for about, gosh, is it 14 years now almost? Um, so I originally, um, my background really professionally is in fundraising, I worked at the University of Texas at Austin for a number of years as a professional fundraiser, helping raise funds for scholarships and research. And it was an incredible job. I loved it. Um, But I have no background in femtech. I just have found a personal need and have, you know, found my path that way. Your qualification is your uterus. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Where did you grow up originally? I'm originally from Arizona, 
So if you know where Tempe, Arizona is, um, I grew up there and I'm one of six kids. I'm number five and, you know, pretty standard American upbringing. Yeah. Yeah. And do you, uh, what did you study in school? Uh, so I studied kind of uh, a form of electronic media is what the degree is, but it really was uh, a moment in time when the internet was fresh and what everybody wanted to be a part of. And so I learned how to do video and a little bit of writing and really ended up finding my way um, elsewhere in life that had nothing to do with that for my career up until this point where I'm now uh, running a direct-to-consumer business and have found myself doing videos and other, um, you know, pieces that I guess you could consider electronic <laughs> media. But I um, and my husband really is the one who does the most of that and really runs the show there. So I just kind of benefit from um, his knowledge and his background as a photographer and a videographer. Oh, and what brought you to Austin? Family. I had uh, two sisters living here at the time mm-hmm. and no kids. And I graduated college and went to New York City for a few years, for two years, where I worked as a full-time volunteer with a nonprofit and had no money. And my sister said, why don't you come live with me? <laughs> <laughs> and I said, yes. <laughs> and then I eventually got hired at the University of Texas at Austin. Got it. Got it. So you mentioned something about you had a personal, you know, push into femtech. Um, what made you start Mosey Baby? Sure. So my husband and I um, had our own difficult journey to conceive our first Mm -hmm. child. And it was that journey that really led us down our path um, to start Mosey Baby. And we tried to conceive for two and a half years unaided um, without really much help from doctors. And at that point, after two and a half years, we found ourselves in a doctor's office with a diagnosis of unexplained infertility. And that's a diagnosis. We'll say that there's a diagnosis called unexplained infertility. infertility. And it really hurts your heart when you get it because you go to the doctor's office hoping to know exactly what Mm -hmm. is wrong. And then you hear that and you say, well, what are we going to do now? (laughs) There's not much, you know, um, to help define it. So, We had done a number of things on our own, obviously, before we got to that point. And uh, we had done some testing and um, everything kept coming back normal. Mm. So it was extremely frustrating and it really took a toll on our sex life and our marriage. Mm. And we kept saying, why isn't there something simple we can do at home? And when we couldn't find it, we decided we would create it. (laughs) But at that time, it didn't exist yet. Mosey was just an idea and a little sketch that was on a piece of paper. And we ended up going through IUI with our first, and we conceived the IUI with our first child. What's IUI? Sure. For those who don't know, IUI is intrauterine insemination. So it's a little bit of a helping hand from a doctor where they take the sperm, the semen, and they wash it. So it's um, washed down to a small, small sample and they put it directly into the uterus. Mm. And that's called intrauterine insemination. Okay. And so it helps um, the little swimmers, the the sperm, Mm -hmm. get 
a little bit further on their journey than they might had you done ICI, which is intracervical insemination, like Mosey, or you had done just um, male-female intercourse. Okay, got so, it. Yeah, so it's um, one step a little bit further. So we did IUI, and we were thankfully successful, um, but we couldn't get this idea out of our head. And so we mortgaged our house and forged our own path to the point where we are today helping thousands of people. And we are just, we feel really honored to be honest. I feel like it's such a huge privilege to be able to do what we do and help people find another option on their journey to conceive and a way for them to create their family. How did you, how did the doctor or you know that you needed IUI for fertility or is that just like one of 10 things that they try, you know? So it's kind of a, I'll say, um, it depends on your situation and your doctor, mm-hmm. right? So it depends on your diagnosis and your doctor, and you may not even have a diagnosis. You just may have an obstacle. Um, so that could be something like erectile issues, or it could be something like back issues, or you happen to love somebody who shares your same body parts. Mm-hmm. And though there are different avenues and paths. We often say, you know, that you should consider trying Mosey first. Mm. And it depends on where you are in your journey. And obviously you want to check in with your doctor as well. For us, in our situation with unexplained infertility, we really felt like something like this should exist. Mm-hmm. Because the next option is IUI or IVF. Even some people get pushed into IVF. Um, and we weren't ready for IVF. And IUI is like a stepping stone and you can, it's a little less expensive than IVF, but it's still depending on your insurance, your job, what covers it. Um, It can be expensive. You know, for us, it was over a thousand dollars all in. Um, Prices vary depending on clinic and location. So it could be a range there on the price. Mm -hmm. And that is also an obstacle sometimes for people as well. Yeah. So the difference to be honest, like it's really IUI and IVF that the doctors typically tend to offer. Yep. And the difference, Oh, if you hear that thunder here in Houston, um, don't know if you can hear that in Austin, but, uh, uh, (laughs) um, so IUI is essentially fertility still happening in the uterus and IVF. So in vitro fertilization is essentially the fertilization of the sperm and the egg outside of the uterus. And then the fertilized egg is then placed back into the uterus. Right. Exactly. Cool. Mm-hmm. Cool. Just, just yeah. breaking it down for us all. So we can, you know, imagine yeah. what we're talking about here. So let's talk about Mosey baby. What, how are you doing at home? You know, IUI or, um, cervical, you know, what are you, what are you doing? Sure. So, um, so Mosey baby is a way for people to inseminate at home and it is a type of ICI. So it's intracervical insemination. Um, and yeah, we obviously love it. We think it's a great option for people who find themselves looking for a product to inseminate at home. Um, essentially for us, you know, as we were looking for a product like this and couldn't find anything specifically designed for a vagina, right. Or, um, the transfer of semen. Mm-hmm. My husband came home from a run one day and said, you know, I can't find this. You can't find this. We should do this. And and that's how we kind of found ourselves designing this. But it really comes down to um, 
design, well, designing for the user's experience, right? Okay. And so when you're making a baby with Mosey Baby, um, you have helpful instructions, a helpful community, and an empowering way to create a baby on your own terms at home. And there's some design features and elements which we can talk about too, but specifically we're really here to help empower people on their journey to make a baby with love at home. Yes. You know, I was telling someone that I was going to interview you today and they were like, so it's like a turkey baster. And I was like, well, I think it's like a really high end, actually good, you know, like, you know, product that people will enjoy using. And so can you describe to us what the product actually looks like so we can get people's turkey baster out of their head? Absolutely. And you know what? We like to think of Mosey Baby as the turkey baster evolved, right? Like <laughs> yeah, there, next gen. <laughs> there are so many stories about turkey basters out there and, you know, where it comes from and how people started using it. But essentially it was because there was a need, right? Yeah. Like people did something and they looked around for what they could use. <laughs> yeah. And as we experienced that need ourselves, and we looked online and we looked around the house and as a human being, it felt very strange and awkward, right? Yeah. Like I'm not going to lie. Um, it is some, you're, you're thinking I'm creating a baby this way. And yeah. it was definitely like Goldilocks and the three bears, you know, yeah. some were too small, some were too big, some like <laughs> firm. And it was, it was, I mean, a lot of them trapped mm. firm in the barrel, which yeah. is incredible like incredibly frustrating when you've got only so much to work with and you want to get every last drop. So that's where we worked um, to really improve upon that method Mm -hmm. and say it's familiar. It's as familiar to use as a tampon. Mm -hmm. It's rounded like a tampon. It does not have a barrel at the tip. So you don't waste the specimen. The length is optimal. Um, the opening itself is actually a slit and not circular so that it's intended because it creates a more laminar flow, a gentler passage for the sperm. (laughs) So you're not just like, but it also mimics mother nature. So men's penis have a slit opening and mother nature is pretty smart, right? Like there's my purpose there. And so we mimic that as well. The, Push pull is actually thought out a little bit as well. So even the push pull will feel a little bit different than your typical syringe. Mm-hmm. Um, and the way that we taper it so it's real tight at the end and you can use every last drop. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so that's what we're here for, right? Because we know from a user experience all the things that we missed from the other appropriated um syringes and turkey basters out there. Yeah. And you mentioned that when you're in the doctor and you have IUI that the sperm is cleaned. Is there any part of your product that does anything with the sperm? And how does the sperm get into the syringe? Sure. So when uh, you're working with a a doctor doing an IUI, it's called um, wash. So they wash mm. the semen and they, they do that for a few reasons. But one specifically is because the cervix, so women, little anatomy here, um, or anybody actually, this isn't just for, for women, uh, <laughs> inside the vagina is the cervix, right? So we hear of things like, oh, she's dilating, her cervix is dilating when people are in labor, mm-hmm. labor, but your cervix is there always, and your cervix can, um, your cervix operates as kind of like the gateway to the uterus, mm-hmm. right? It's 
the end of the uterus and it's inside your vagina. And that is where the washing of the semen occurs. So the doctor does that as well because you can't have a whole sample in your uterus. So Moki is is, um, designed to help get semen at or near the cervix, right? And that way you don't have to wash the semen at home because your cervix does it. It's just the way your body is designed. I love it. Oh, how... Do you know, um, sometimes I put my guests on the spot and I'm just like, no worries, we're going to research this afterwards. But how does a cervix clean or wash, wash sperm? Well, I, I wouldn't think of it as like washing, uh-huh, right? So uh-huh. it's like a technical term that they use, uh-huh. but it really eliminates you know, uh, a portion of the semen from mm. even getting through, even passage. So, and again, I'm not a doctor. I'm just a lady. Yeah, who yeah, yeah. What <laughs> about this enough? But consider me a friend, not a doctor. Yeah. And, and talking about all this stuff. Um, but yeah, so it's so the term is kind of a misnomer in that yeah. they're washing it. It's not like they're washing it, but they eliminate a portion of it, and then they eliminate maybe some of the dead, the not so vibrant swimmers. Yeah. Um, that for IUI. Yeah. So your body does a lot of that naturally. Yeah. Um, because of the way <laughs> your, your cervix is designed um, and the seminal fluid and how it transfers up through it and, and the elimination along the way. Yeah. So um, again, you can check, check with your doctor about this. <laughs> there's there's more educated people on the specifics of how the cervix can operate as a washing device, but um, it's, designed to eliminate some of the swimmers purposefully god women's bodies are so amazing we are they so are. amazing wow do you know the cervix is totally underrated i gotta tell you it does some incredible things that what, a lot what else does it do it and this is my favorite thing to tell people okay lady anybody out there <laughs> uh anybody with a cervix um did you know that your cervix changes position throughout your cycle? And if you don't know that, did you, I mean, number one, it changes position throughout your cycle, which is incredible. It also is a tool for you to understand where you are in your cycle. So when you are fertile versus not fertile, it will change in length. It will change in texture and even the opening of it will change. So for women who are trying to conceive, I'm always encouraging them to find their cervix inside their vagina. It requires getting comfortable with your body. Mm-hmm. You have to stick your middle finger in your vagina, which sounds really crazy to say, but you let other people in your vagina all the time. You yeah. let doctors in there. You let uh, your partners in there and you owe it to yourself to go in there, get comfortable with your body and understand your cervix. So my little piece there for anybody out there listening, it's an incredible, powerful piece of information about your own body and your own cycle. Yes. So take a look. Oh man. I love the anatomy lessons on this podcast. I learned so much. I had no idea about that. That's incredible. And, you know, and mother nature's power to prioritize, you know, the, the strength of the sperm and eggs and, you know, like our bodies are so thought out, you know, the biology mm-hmm. of it, there's purposes for all of it. That is so awesome. Um, for Mosey baby, how do you get the sperm in this syringe? Is there like a collection tool or? Yes. 
So the kit itself comes with two syringes, very helpful educational instructions, and a collection cup. So for people who have a partner or a donor they're working with, they can collect it that way. And then you simply suction it up with the syringe. Um, Mm. So it's actually pretty easy and straightforward for people who are using Mosey. Makes sense. Um, do people buy your product online or is it in stores too? We are currently only online mm-hmm. and only at moseybaby.com. So, uh, we have potential for future distribution right now. Um, we're exploring some of that, but right now we're, we're also, um, really loving the intimate interactions that we have with our customers. Yeah. So it's been a really fun way for us to interact and, you can always um, reach out to us there if you want. I frequently do customer service. I love, Found love life. customer service. So I'm happy to answer questions. Can you tell us, uh, you know, some stories? Have you created any babies? <gasps> yes, lots of babies. <laughs> really? Uh, tell us. Tons of our success stories on our website. Um, we have hundreds online, I believe. And we have many, many more that have shared with us, but not allowed us to share publicly, which we completely understand and respect. Yeah. Um, but it's a great honor and a joy to learn that people are conceiving and conceiving successfully and having beautiful families created from this. Oh my gosh. Have anyone named their baby Mosey after Mosey baby? (laughs) (laughs) Not that I've heard of yet, but you know, there, there are people out there named Mosey, I've come to learn. Um, so it is a name actually, but yeah, not exactly that I've heard of. Oh my gosh. And do you have, um, you know, people giving you feedback about being same sex couples and they have a, a donor? Absolutely. We are so fortunate and honored, um, to help people on their path in the LGBTQ community and, yeah. Many of many people have embraced us as a part of their path to pregnancy and path to parenthood. And we have a ton of stories online. You can see in our success stories, we have tabs. So you can click on, um, you know, LGBTQ or you can click on unexplained infertility where people have shared their stories um, in all different types of walks of life and scenarios there. Yeah, this is incredible. Do you only sell in the U.S. right now? Uh, U.S. and Canada, and um, we have potential for other areas as well, yeah. which we're exploring. What are some countries around the world you're really excited to enter into and why? Sure. So I think there's a lot of interest, um, just judging by the inquiries we get pretty regularly from all over the world. Mm-hmm. Um Every populated continent, I will say, uh, <laughs> anywhere, in Antarctica, but all the others. Yeah. And you know, there's great interest for a couple of different reasons in different regions. But I'm really interested in exploring Japan mm. as one. Um, you know, obviously, there's people who have a, a need and a desire for a product like ours all over the world. There are cultures, though, where I feel our product could really help um, alleviate some shame and alleviate some uh, challenges to conception Mm. where intimacy issues are a struggle, where people have difficulty either with painful intercourse and they have nowhere to turn to, 
um, or people have the real pressure to have sex and maybe they don't have sex with their partner. And we found couples reaching out to us who are in arranged marriages, who the pressure is mm. real to have with them, but maybe the relationship isn't there um, intimately. Yeah. And we found people all over um, the U.S. like that and even across the world. And Japan is really interesting to me, which was really cool to hear your interview um, on another episode about uh, Fumata. Yes. And what they're doing there because Japan has um, a lot, uh, a different structure around intimacy than we do in our culture. And the way sex is between a husband and a wife in particular is is deemed different than it is often culturally here. Yeah. So I think that there's a lot of ways that Mosey Baby could help people who are struggling with intimacy and connection in a sexual way with their partner. Yeah, definitely. Um, so, you know, my, my imagination tells me that most couples would try, you know, we're talking about, um, you know, heterosexual couples are going to have a lot of sex several months in a row, try to get pregnant. They realize maybe this isn't working out as, you know, seamlessly as we thought. And then, you know, my thought is that they would then try to get like the, um, there's over the counter, like hormone tests and stuff, right? Where, where, and then they see their doctor and then, you know, all these things. And like, so where in that pipeline do you think that Mosey baby really fits in? Is it that, you know, the realization this isn't working and maybe they go to the pharmacy? Is that also when Mosey baby would come into play or? It's interesting question. I think it often is very personal um, because it, there's two people involved in mm. particular in the situation you're talking about, right? Like yeah. male, female couples. Um, we have seen people who've reached out and started using Mosey baby after six months because they haven't had that diagnosis yet where the doctor has said, Oh, have you been trying for 12 months? Mm. However, they started using Mosey baby because the pressure is so real. After getting that big fat negative month after month after month, even just for a few months, it really starts to hurt sometimes. And you're timing intercourse and sometimes that's not sexy. Um, and you're coming in, you know, after peeing on a stick and saying, my ovulation predictor kid is saying right, it's time and he's eating a sandwich and it's not really, you know, you guys have to do their part too. So, um, I, it it depends on you know that part of the relationship where there's pressure or not, mm. and then also I think age comes into play if you want to be testing for your ovarian reserve hormones mm. and see how your egg health is, and um, or you've got other kind of you're not really concerned and you want to try some diets or or a fast or who knows what you're interested in and you want to try to kind of even out your hormones on your own mm. or not, you know, like maybe you just are, are interested in trying something new for a cycle and, and trying something different. Yeah. Um, so it's, it kind of depends on your scenario. Mm -hmm. We do frequently though, that this is something that people are using um, prior to 12 months mm -hmm. of trying. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. And Mosey baby wouldn't work for if the woman isn't releasing an egg, right? Or if like the sperm is impotent or so it's, it's not a guarantee that if you stick some sperm up there, that there's going to be an egg and that it's going to be fertilized, you know? And so, um, are there any requirements for the woman or not requirements, but like suggestions for what the woman should know before, or like, if it doesn't work, what would the next step be for her? 
her and her partner, because this is not just on her. I was, I'm going to try to be careful with my oh, words here, be, right? It could be because there are still single mothers by choice, you know, oh. solo parents. Um, yeah. So we haven't even mentioned them yet, but yes. Uh, and solo, you know, depending on your situation. So solo parenting is definitely an option. Um, however, yeah, decision-making on this, obviously you do want to make sure you're ovulating that mm-hmm. you, you, that's something you need to be doing regardless of using Moza baby or not. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, important to understand your cycle and if you do see that you're not ovulating you absolutely should check in with your medical provider and kind of figure out your path there um but as far as uh uh figuring out when to use this um you know you you definitely want to make sure you're ovulating and then figure out um your path from there on what works for you and your partner and timing it right for you yeah is there is there um, tips and tricks to making Mosey a sexy experience? Because I could imagine it could be really sterile and not cute, right? And you're talking about your ovulation, you know, notification goes off on your phone and he's drinking a milkshake in his recliner, you know, and you're like, but it's now, it's now, right? So is do you do anything with Mosey to try to make it sexy or intimate? So what we've done, and we do have some tips and tricks as well that we provide every customer um, in their after they've purchased. Uh, but more than anything, I think our approach has been with our website and our packaging and our branding is that this is something to be celebrated and something to be empowered by. You are making a baby and you're making it with love. You've thought it out. You've planned it out. You've gone through a lot of steps to get to this place. And this person that you're working so hard to bring into, into your life is absolutely valued and wanted. And so changing that whole headspace, right? Like from, from the way our syringe is packaged to the way it's sent to you and, and the way we talk about it, um, we hope that people understand that this is a step in their journey. They can learn from their journey from this, whether they, they learn that the next step is Mm. to to IUI or Mm -hmm. IVF or they um, have simply learned more about their body in the process. So for, for us, it's more about being excited about the process Mm -hmm. so that when it comes time, you feel energized and ready and prepared and educated versus that timing of sex where there's no intimacy and and it's really become a frustrated experience. So depending on if you have a partner or not, depending on if you and your partner share the same body parts, that experience Mm. um, can from household to household. Really just trying to make this an empowered experience and one that people can celebrate. Mm -hmm. Well, it sounds like you're doing amazing, um, but entrepreneurship is hard. What has been some of the struggles of building Mosey Baby? Ooh, so this is a good question because I think, you know, as we started our own business, um, we've listened to the entrepreneur podcasts and the mm-hmm. stories about entrepreneurs. And so often you hear the glory stories. Mm-hmm. And I love talking about the hardships. Yeah. <laughs> because <laughs> reality. Because <laughs> you want to know it's real, right? Yeah. Um, for us, we had, um, we learned the hard way. We are not from business backgrounds. Mm-hmm. Um, we mortgaged our house. We took chances we probably never would have taken. Um, and we had to find, we, we don't come from a wealthy network of circles and yeah. fundraising personally with 
family was not something that was really much of an option mm-hmm. for us. Mm-hmm. Um, we had one good friend and um, my father-in-law who supported us and got us going really, yeah. which was and all it took, right? That's all it took. Um, but some of our hardships really were in the beginning, just navigating how you figure out um, a consumer medical product. Yeah. Like how do you get that manufactured? My husband had to call 40 manufacturers yeah. to even get somebody to, to talk to, to say yes, because we were so tiny and, the, and then we'd tell them what we were going to do and they'd, they'd say no, or they'd say, okay, it's going to be, you know, $40 a syringe and we're yeah. like, we can't. Do you think that had something to do with, you know, when they, if they did take your call and you said it's a, it's a syringe for semen into the cervical area, do you think that that hindered, you know, someone wanting to work with you or was it just manufacturing in general? The one doing all those calls at the time. Uh Um, So I couldn't tell you the correct answer to that, Mm -hmm. but I would say that more than anything, it was probably the amount of the amount of money we had, the quantity that we were uh-huh. asking for, and they had to meet certain certifications and requirements. So we weren't willing to work with people that weren't ISO 13485 mm-hmm. certified. You know, and, mm-hmm. and on, first of all, getting to the point to even know what ISO 1345 meant as far as certification. <laughs> yeah. And then getting to the point trying to find a manufacturer that met all these requirements was another and would work with a tiny, tiny unknown company at yeah. the time. Um, so that, that took major persistence and I give my husband all the credit for that Mm. for plowing through endless phone calls and reaching out to people. And for the product design, how did you know, like the right shape of it? Like who came up with that slit idea instead of a hole inside of the syringe and you know, who, who's the vagina anatomy expert that you consulted, you know, did you do that or? So we, so I initially did that initial design and then, um, we also worked with a medical, um, design and a device engineer. And then we worked, um, and and we got feedback from our own fertility specialist. Got it. So we're grateful for her feedback. And so it all kind of came together from those three pieces. Cool. Cool. Well, what are some of your future goals for Mosey baby? We have, um, a lot of ideas and thoughts on how we can really help improve the understanding of home insemination. Um, So we're working on some educational pieces and some ways to help normalize this process, Mm. right? Like there's no shame here. There's nothing to be afraid of. You can talk about making your baby just as much as anybody else can talk about making their baby. Mm. Um, Really working on bringing, um, the language around this space of home insemination and and doing our work there to elevate the conversation. And beyond that, um, you know, we are looking at distributing further um, internationally and adding some more products to our store. If somebody wanted to start a femtech company, what areas in women's health and wellness do you think still need innovating? Oh, there's room for so much everywhere, right? <laughs> like I love seeing what's happening right now and learning about all the other parts of, of femtech that I didn't even know existed. And I'm enjoying listening to your podcast as part of that. because <laughs> It's just so refreshing. Um, I do think there's a lot to be said for, um, you know, there's a lot happening on fertility and a lot of things happening around baby making, but there's a lot to be said for the not baby making 
parts mm-hmm. and the not big baking woman. Mm-hmm. And um, that the initial push, I think, for a lot of the things that have come out have been around the reproductive system. But I do feel that there's room for, um, you know, even so much as like nipple health and, and breast health. And, um, you know, there's there's pieces to our bodies that we just don't always pay attention to um, outside of reproduction. Right. Mm. So you know, with that, I, I feel like there's a lot more we could be doing. And I don't have all the answers, which is why I love to see what other women yeah. are coming up with. You know, what is uh, how are nipples sick? I'm just ex. We're not, but I, I will tell you this. <laughs> I will tell you this. Your nipples change over a lifetime, and even after you have children, my lord, they change. Yeah. And like I and run, you know, I don't know if you've ever been like um, an athlete or a runner, and like there's just I am so frustrated with bras, even all the new bras that are coming out. I love what's happening there, but there is so much more, in my opinion, to go. Because to go on, um, because I got to tell you, they're they're You want to get personal here? Let's do After it. I, my children wrecked my nipples, so <laughs> I mean, you know, I'm like, there's more things going on there than needs that needs to happen. Um, so yeah, I mean, there's there's opportunity there. I'll tell you that much. Like, there's innovation around bras and and clothing, like. W- with um the way we treat our bodies in that space definitely yeah the only nipple company i know of is one that's actually i think it's houston based and it's for um after breast cancer like reconstructing of the nipple Mm -hmm. but that's Mm -hmm. the only nipple technology i know of so any listener out there if you do nipple work dm me (laughs) i want to interview you i want to talk about nipples there's been a lot of uterus and vagina talk on our podcast so far which I mean, that's, it's a lot of femtech, right? But I am also, I'm definitely looking for other topics. So nipples, come at me. Oh my gosh. I had no idea until I became a parent what children, what breastfeeding did to your body. No yeah. idea. Because why and would you? We don't talk joyful, about it. For the most part, it was a joyful experience. But then yeah. you walk away and you're like, wow, that changed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Where was that blog post, right? With pictures yeah. and Yeah. <laughs> Um, and then for femtech industry as a whole, what do you think we need the most right now to be successful? Aside from capital, I think visibility, right? Mm. I mean, um, and acceptance. I think there's been a woman's quote unquote woman's element to pharmacy and healthcare, but it's never been a focus. It's Mm. been an afterthought. Yes. And what's happening right now is that afterthought is being taken over by mostly women Mm -hmm. um, who have found themselves in a position to do something about it. Mm -hmm. So visibility for the causes, visibility for the topics, normalizing the word vagina, normalizing the word nipple, normalizing the word vulva, you know, all these yes, things yes. That is part of visibility and then capital, right? Like the, the way to further things is through investments and money and right. money elevates the conversation pretty quickly um, yeah. and gets you in places <laughs> where you normally be. Yeah. Wow, Maureen, this has been such an amazing conversation. I learned so much, again, as we I do on all these episodes. Um, and I am just so excited about your product and your traction today. It's it's beautiful that you have helped create so many babies. And I'm waiting for someone to name one Mosey and let you know. Um, 
<laughs> At least the middle name. Their dog. They can name their dog both. Okay? Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I love it. Well, this has been super awesome. And we'll definitely, uh, you know, include your website in our description and stuff. And, and people who are trying to trying to have a baby, whether they're same sex couple, heterosexual couple, solo parent, they can uh, they can use your product. Yes. And please have them reach out to, I encourage anybody listening who has friends or, or any, or them, they themselves are in a position to um, share this information and and reach out because I truly do enjoy talking to people. Mm -hmm. And this is also a product where we never want someone to use this who shouldn't be using it. So I'm happy to talk people, uh, talk to people about our product, but also encourage them on a path that is right for them. Having been, somebody who struggled to conceive, I take this very seriously and I value it. And we really are joyful when um, we can help people better understand this process, their bodies and the options they have. So thank you very much for your time today. Yes. Thank you, Maureen. I'll talk to you soon. Thank you. All right. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to my interview with Maureen Brown, CEO and co-founder of Mosey Baby. You can get your own at-home insemination kit at www.moseybaby.com. That's spelled M-O-S-I-E. And if you use Mosey Baby and your baby is named Mosey, please let us know. (laughs) We want to (laughs) know. I had such a fun conversation with Maureen. You know, what a story about, you know, experiencing a problem and you know, solving it for yourself and then for everyone else in the world who wants to, you know, use your innovation. If you love this podcast as much as I do, well, then share it with a friend. Follow us on social. We're on LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. We have really awesome posts. We even do giveaways. So we have tickets to different femtech conferences and t-shirts. We have lots of really awesome giveaways. So check us out, interact with us. I'm on there all the time. You can talk chat with me. Tell me what you want to hear. Who should I be interviewing? What questions should I be asking? What topics should we be covering? So check us out at Femtech Focus on all the channels. Subscribe, rate, and review this podcast and keep innovating because improving women's health and wellness improves everyone's health and wellness. Mm-hmm.